What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go. Happy Hump Day, Calvin. Happy Hump Day, Barry. It's Wednesday. We only have two games today. It feels kind of strange now, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's that time. Teams are going fishing, right? Yeah, they are going fishing. I wish I was going fishing today. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. This is episode 13 of Basketball at the Bar, an NBA podcast that's live every single weekday. Welcome, welcome. We have a fun schedule today. On today's menu, we're going to break down some injuries to Devin Booker, Chris Middleton, Andrea Godala. We're going to talk about Zach Levine and Alex Caruso. We're going to send the Atlanta Hawks fishing. We're going to recap all three games from yesterday. We are going to give some previews to today's games. And then we're going to end the show, as always, with questions and answers, Q&A, with you guys, the Barflies. Calvin, let's get it. Let's get it. I hope you guys are ready today because the the takes are so hot today that there's a snowball chance in hell of the drink staying cold. Oh, man. Yeah, Vinny, turn up that AC because the takes are hot today. Yes. All right, let's get started. So you want to give us a few uh, injury updates? Uh, yeah, for today's games, you know, we mentioned it yesterday, but Alex Caruso and Zach Levine are officially ruled out for game five in Chicago today against the Milwaukee Bucks. And then we have some updates on Devin Booker as yes. well as Chris Middleton. Yes, Devin Booker is expected to be ready by the semifinals, so he will officially miss this first round. He's going to be reevaluated, but they expect him to be back next round if they can make it to the next <laughs> round. True. We'll see. They're um, in the driver's seat right now. They so. are in the driver's seat. And, you know, if you're a Phoenix fan, you know, uh, you're kind of mixed on this, right? Because if the Pelicans get another game here, maybe you go to a game seven, uh, you know, that does put pressure on your team, but it does allow Devin Booker a little bit more time to get ready for next yeah. round. So you're not just jumping right into the next round without Devin Booker and potentially getting down 2-0, losing your home court advantage, and then have him try and come back. Um, so I'm a little mixed on that. Chris Middleton uh, is supposed to be reevaluated in about a week. It's not looking good for him, according to Woj. Uh, he thinks he will be out next round as well, and he will potentially be available for a conference finals appearance if the Bucks do make it that far, which uh, I think both of us have uh, chosen them to. So we will see how that goes. And then Andre Iguodala is dealing with an injury. He is expected to miss this first round as well. Yes. All right. There's also an injury update to Ben Simmons, but we don't have to waste anybody's time with that one. Yeah, this just in. Ben Simmons expects to play game five against <laughs> the Boston Celtics. Uh, we will see what happens. What a crazy situation. All the things I've seen about Ben on social media, I don't know what to believe, what's true, what's not. Uh, it doesn't look too good, though. It does not look good well, That article all. you sent me, is that real? Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. his stress well, I mean, uh, is allegedly. causing his back to hurt? Uh, yeah, he's, wow. he is telling the team that he has a mental block that triggers his back spasms. Wow. And he's still not mentally ready to play, which I said before, if he had just come out and say that from yeah. the beginning, yeah. or not even from the beginning, you know, just get, instead of saying my back hurts, say I'm not mentally ready to play. He would have taken a lot of backlash still, but it wouldn't have been as bad. Yeah, I also saw an article saying that he told the Nets he doesn't want to play for them anymore if they're going to keep pushing him like this. But I have no idea what how true that really is. Um, all right, moving on here. Enough talking about Ben Simmons. You know, if I were to calculate the hours that we spent yeah. talking about Ben Simmons over the last year, uh, it's, it's ridiculous, as DeMarcus Cousins would yeah, say. Yeah, it's getting ridiculous. It's getting man. ridiculous, man. All right, let's talk about the Atlanta Hawks. They uh, They went fishing. Or they are going fishing after losing to the Miami Heat yesterday. They only won one game in the series. Uh, pretty disappointing uh, for Atlanta fans with a lot of high hopes. They did so well last season. Uh, but it is an excellent Miami team that they were playing mm -hmm. with an excellent defense. Uh, Trey Young did not look like himself at all in this series. Uh, What's up, Mike? What are your thoughts, Calvin, on Atlanta? Um, 
how can they improve this offseason? And are there any positives that they can take from this series or this season moving on? Ooh, that, that's tough. I mean, I think the, the positive you take from this season is they were, you know, one of the more disappointing te- regular season teams for pretty much the entire year coming off of an Eastern Conference Finals run last year. Uh, it looked like for a while they might not even make the play-in tournament this season. They found a way to sneak their themselves in, not just to the play-in tournament, but to the, the regular tournament as well. I don't know how much of a consolation that's going to be, though. This team needs to make some changes, I think, in the offseason. It's a combination of them not, I think, not being, their roster not being where it needs to be, and they just ran into the one team that was probably one of the worst matchups for them. And some health concerns, Oh, too, yeah, right? they've, they've had injuries, just like everybody has had injuries this year. Um, real quick, Barry, how did your picks turn out yesterday? Uh, not so good. I want a perfect three for three. Yeah. Yesterday. I don't want to talk about it. I also told you guys, be wary of betting the spreads in these games. Phoenix did cover, but the other two did not. Uh, the, the other two winning teams did not. So, again, it's not financial advice, but if you'd like to tip your bartender, we gladly will accept it. <laughs> um, but as far as what it goes in or what Atlanta needs to do in the offseason, it, it's a combination of a few things. Number one, Trey Young's just got to be better, right? Like. Yep. Yes, Miami's defense was great against him, but if you're a great player, you've got to show up in these games. I mean, the the numbers are pretty staggering when you look at Trey Young. He had the same number of of turnovers as assists. Atlanta was one of the best teams all year long in turnover uh, differential and mm-hmm. in, in per-game turnovers. Um, but he his points per game decreased from 28 in the regular season to just 15 in the postseason. That's like the fourth largest decrease from regular season to postseason in NBA history. So he's got to be better. They've got to be healthy as well. Um, DeAndre Hunter had a huge game last night. Huge game. He missed a lot of time this year. But I also think they need to tweak this roster. They've got a lot of the same player on this team in my mind. A lot of wing shooters that don't really play a lot of defense. Not named DeAndre Hunter. I love his his game, two-way game. But... Um, and, and I think it's time for them to move on from John Collins. It, it, they need to shake this this team up a little bit. Wow, wow, that's a bold a bold move there. Yeah, for me, like this team is young. Uh, they need time to to grow, develop. Um, you know, I think Trey Young is going to continue to get better. I do think they need to get some clarity on the John Collins situation. You know, they have him locked up for the next four years, so they are in control. But he's a young guy. Uh, he's got a lot of talent. Uh, if he's not playing uh, up to his best or maybe he doesn't want to be here, maybe he won't play up to that, um, that could greatly impact this team. So I think they need to get some clarity on John Collins. They need to figure out whether you're here or you're not. If you're not here, what we can do to move on from you and bring in some talent to help this team. They need to decide what's going on with Danilo Gallinari. Um, He has one year left. It is only partially guaranteed, so they could potentially waive him next season if they did want to. He's a little bit older now. He's 33. He's dealt with a ton of injuries in his career. I'm a big Gallinari fan, but you know what they say, the best ability is availability. So if you're going to be competing year in and year out for championships, trying to move uh, past that first round deep into the playoffs, you need to have guys that are going to be available for your team. I'm not sure if Danilo is that guy, but we will see. Um, They still got Bogdan Bogdanovich for two more seasons. I like what I've seen out of him. He's had some great games this year. I I definitely think they need to bring him back. I think John Collins, or I mean, sorry, Clint Capella is the answer at the center position for him. Unfortunately, as we mentioned, they did deal with some injury concerns going into Mm -hmm. the playoffs. Uh, Clint Capella is absolutely huge for them, and uh, I love the combination of him and Trey Young but he's got to stay out there on the court. Yeah, of course, health is is always a key factor. Yeah, DeLon Wright, uh, he's an expiring contract. What's going to happen with him? You mentioned DeAndre Hunter had an amazing game last night, uh, end up fouling out in that game, which was unfortunate because he really had the hot hand. He was the only one making buckets for yeah, Atlanta. Literally the only guy. At that point. Um, and then, you know, Kevin Knox, what's going to happen with him? Lou Williams, he's probably going to retire. Johnson is another name to keep uh, yeah. in mind. You know, he has a lot of upside, very, very young. Didn't really see a lot of action with Atlanta mm-hmm. this season. Is Kevin Herter going like to continue yeah, to exactly. grow? They still have him locked up for another 
four years. Uh, I think on a reasonable contract, he's 23. He's making 14 million next year. Um, I'd like to see him improve his defense uh, and and be available. Maybe he will be, you know, the the lock in starter for them at that two guard position. Um, but they have a lot of young players on this team with a lot of potential. Um, I think they just need to uh, pick a plan and go with it. Yeah, I think they need to look out in, you know, this offseason into free agency or trade or whatever for some better two-way players. There's one guy that I have in mind who it would be a, a bit of a risk depending on how much money you have to pay this guy, but Victor Oladipo is a name to keep in mind. Yes. I and think they he got would a first-hand look at him. Yeah, I think he would fit really well on this team. Mm-hmm. He's not, you know, the the best or not as good of a shooter as a lot of other players on this Hawks team, but that's okay. They, they need uh, more of a two-way threat. And I think he would be a nice fit next to Trey Young in the backcourt. Yeah. Robert Covington's another high guy. risk, high reward, but I think Robert Covington could be huge on this team. Uh, if I'm Atlanta, I'm looking down to LA at the Clippers and I'm saying, I love what the Clippers did this season. As far as having these two-way guys that can shoot well and defend, I need to bring a little bit more of those guys to Atlanta. Uh, if I want to make it further, but bright future ahead for the Hawks. Um, you know, this is one small setback for them. I think it might light a fire under a guy like Trey young and I expect them to come out and have an amazing season next year. Yeah. They're still a very young group. You know, when you look at, uh, the core group of players they have on this team. So they're, they're definitely not, uh, they're not just going to fade to black here. I think but they, they need to make some changes to this roster. I totally agree. What's up, Mike. Good to see you here in the chat. Who do you guys have winning it all? Oh, man. I, I'm so mixed at this point. Maybe the Warriors, uh, uh, maybe the Celtics. Um, Calvin, you want to you wanna talk about that, the updated title odds? Yeah. Uh, I forget who it was, Caesars Sportsbook or MGM or something like that. They just released the updated title favorite odds for the rest of the postseason. The Warriors are now in first place. Go figure. I think they're like plus 280 or something <laughs> like that. And right behind them, the Boston Celtics. Two wow. teams that it makes a lot of sense now, right? But going into the postseason, Boston you know, and Golden State definitely had people picking them to win. But they, they were not uh, the favorites going in. So it, it shows uh, how much can change in a short amount of time, right? A very short amount of time. Do you agree with those? Right now I would, yeah. I mean, yeah. you don't know what... Devin Booker's situation is going to be like it's you hope that he doesn't re-aggravate that injury in the next mm-hmm. round but it, until he comes back and plays you know it's still up in the air same thing for Chris Middleton and the Bucks um, and Boston is coming off a sweep of the Brooklyn Nets and the Warriors are looking like the old Warriors again so it, it makes a lot of sense to me yeah I agree I, I had Phoenix in Miami meeting in the finals uh, you know, we see there's an injury to um, Jimmy Butler now. I don't think that's going to linger uh, much further. But you mentioned Chris Middleton's down, Devin Booker's down. We don't really know what to expect from those teams. So at this moment, I agree with you. I'll, 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 um, I'll ride with Boston and Golden State yeah, at this and point. Th- those two teams are some of the healthiest teams right now in, in yep. the playoffs. So it, that obviously plays a factor. And that can change very, very fast. <laughs> it really can. All right, Calvin, let's jump here into Tuesday's games. Let's talk about the recap. Uh, The first game on Tuesday, the Miami Heat win 97-94 over the Atlanta Hawks. They are missing uh, Kyle Lowry in this game, Jimmy Butler in this game. They were both sitting courtside and having a great time watching (laughs) their team win and close (laughs) out this team. Uh, as we mentioned, DeAndre Hunter was the only guy that could really make a bucket for Atlanta in this game. 35 points for him, a bunch of buckets late to, to keep them in it. And then unfortunately he does foul out. Um, so that really impacted them late in this game. Only 11 points for Trey Young, 12 points for Kevin Herter, uh, Clint Capella did play again, yep. but he re-aggravated the injury. Yep. Only 19 minutes for him. But for me, the star of the night was Victor Oladipo. This dude has been buried on the bench. He's dealt with injury concerns over the past few seasons. Uh, once a, a bright star with very high potential in this league, he's got all the skills, uh, but it was his night. 23 points for him, uh, one rebound, three assists, three steals, uh, six, or sorry, eight of 16 from the field, three of six from three-point range. 
he willed them to a victory, Calvin. He did. Give Coach Spo a lot of credit. He could have started Tyler Hero in that spot instead. Yep. yep. And maybe if he does, Tyler Hero has, you know, a better game than he did last I think he was 0-4 from three, finished with 16 points. But um, th- this is exactly what we talked Like, I wish I could roll the, f- the footage from yesterday's show. <laughs> this is exactly what we talked about going into this game. Miami is too good defensively. They're too deep. They've got guys who can step up um, in these situations when their stars are out. And they really put the clamps on Atlanta this whole series. Atlanta was the number one team in the league in offensive efficiency this season. They averaged 114 points per game during the regular season. Miami held them to under 100 points per game in this series. If you take away a team's greatest strength, chances are you're going to have success. That's exactly what happened here. Yeah, as you mentioned, this was the absolute worst matchup for the Hawks. Um, And on top of that, they were dealing with injury concerns. Miami was just way more physical, and uh, they wanted it more, and they proved Well, they're the better team. I mean, they're the number one seed in the East for a reason, um, and they're super deep, right? Like, we talk a lot about a few teams in the playoffs right now having well-balanced, deep rosters. Miami, arguably, is, is right up at the top with anybody else. Also, don't want to forget about Bam at a bio. Oh yeah, he, he twenty points, great. eleven rebounds, four assists, a steal, a block. Another great game from him. Uh, six of eleven from the field. This Miami team. Uh, there's a reason I picked them to go to the finals. Yeah, yep. this uh, the last play in this game was a microcosm of the whole series. Right, Atlanta takes two timeouts before running that final play. Yep, and the best thing they can get is a pass to Gallinari in the corner, which is the easiest place to trap anyone in the world. And kids, if you're out, if you're watching this game last night, you got to remember, if a guy gets trapped in the corner, you cannot stand in the same place expecting the ball to come to you. You yes. have to run, sprint to them. Um, that's the reason why Bam Adebayo was able to get that steal there at the end. Yep, yep. All right, moving on here to the second game on Tuesday. We had the Timberwolves visiting the Grizzlies. Calvin, how many protesters were there in this game? I'm not actually sure how many protesters there were. I saw zero on the court. I didn't see any, so I was wondering if you might have seen something I didn't. You know what that means. Minnesota loses. Minnesota loses 111-109. It was a very, very exciting game to watch. Anthony Edwards with a huge three late in the game. And then uh, Calvin, he just did not do the same thing on the defensive end of the floor. Anthony Edwards... I've praised him a lot. I think he's been the most consistent and best player for this Minnesota team this postseason. He's done a lot of really, really great things. And as you guys know, if you've been watching the show, I've been slaughtering Timberwolves just like Glenn Taylor is slaughtering chickens. (laughs) Anthony Edwards, today it's your turn. Vinny, can you put the, the clip on the screen, please? This is the last play of the game here. If you're Anthony Edwards, you've got to understand the situation here. John Morant led the league in points in the paint this season, not just for guards, for everybody, every player in the NBA. Yep. The paint is wide open right here because he's gambling, trying to, to take a bad angle for a steal, which is his MO. He gambles a lot. He yep. called himself on ESPN the best defensive player in the NBA. You wow. do not have that title after this play. I'm sorry, man. You got to earn that. This was a horrible move defensively. He allowed John Morant to get the ball exactly where he wanted. Morant's been shooting below 30% from three in this series. If he just takes the, a better angle and forces him to come further out from the paint, there's only three seconds left. He's not going to get a shot, a layup at the rim. Yeah. That was a terrible defensive play that cost him the game. That was the worst thing that could happen for the Grizzlies. Or, I mean, sorry, for the Timberwolves. Speaking of the Timberwolves, you know, 22 points for Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns, 28 and 11 in this game. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, only 12. Patrick Beverly fouled out in this game. Only nine points for him. Not much production off the bench for them. Uh, but as you mentioned, the star of the night, John Morant, 30 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists, three steals. Another amazing game for the most improved player this season. Uh, they're finally starting to look a little bit more like the Grizzlies that we come to know, um, you know, this game was close, uh, but this is the moments, right? In these games, the end of the games is is what defines a good team and, and a so-so team. Yeah, Minnesota blows another double-digit lead in the fourth quarter, 
And again, I got to give myself a little pat on the back here because what did we say yesterday? You asked me about Steven Adams, right? Yep. Zero minutes in this game. Brandon Clark almost single-handedly got Memphis back into this game. Mm-hmm. Nine offensive rebounds last night, including a huge tip out to John Morant yep. to hit that three that put Memphis up one with, uh, I forget how much time was left at that point, but he was so instrumental for this team last night. And, and it's another yep. reason why I just do not trust the Timberwolves. Desmond Bain as well, 25 points for him. Uh, just another incredible, incredible performance. Two steals, three blocks. Uh, Memphis gets the win. Uh, they lead the series now 3-2. Calvin, if I'm the Gri- or sorry, if I'm uh, the Timberwolves, I'm heading back home for Game Six. You got to think that, that they're telling security to let these protesters <laughs> on the court because they need a win here. Yeah, if you uh, if you want to go streaking at, at a game, this might be your best opportunity to do it. Maybe in in history, sports history. Glenn Taylor's got to be so <laughs> mixed, right? It's like I hate the protesters. They they're ruining me. They're ruining my reputation. But my team only wins when they're on the court. Like we can't make this stuff up, yeah, Calvin. It's, it's really wild. It is incredible. So, do you let them on the court for Game Six? If I don't know. Well, I mean, the answer is no. You don't. You can't just let them on the court. But uh, I don't know. I mean, Minnesota might might want to rethink that strategy. Yeah, it's it's one of the strangest things we have ever seen. Uh, you know, if I'm working security for the Timberwolves, I'll do anything for my team. I'll let five protesters on the court. I'll <laughs> give them the glue. Uh, I don't care. We need a win in Game Six. Another exciting series, Calvin. And, uh, hey, we have one, potentially two more games of basketball. Uh, Any predictions you want to make? Well, I picked Memphis to win in six games before the series started. I'm not going to back away from that now. Yep. Memphis in six. All right. You guys heard it here first. All right. In our final game on Tuesday, we had the New Orleans Pelicans heading to Phoenix to take on the Devin Booker-less Suns. 31 big points for Mikel Bridgers, 22 for Brandon Ingram. The Suns win 112-97. First thoughts on the game, Cal? Well, again, we what did we say going into this game? Phoenix had to be better. Uh, you know, their stars had to step up. Chris Paul was coming off a pretty horrible game. Um, he played much, much better in this one. It wasn't perfect. You, you know, G, uh, Lil Sweet. GTA got another eight second violation on him in this game, but he was much, much better overall. And we said they need a third person to step up to fill that void from Devin Booker. Mikhail Bridges, 31 points in this game. That's the Mm -hmm. difference. Yeah. Yeah. That is exactly the difference. Uh, Aiton played well as well. 19 points, nine rebounds, three assists from him. They were the only three starters in double figures. Uh, They also had 12 points off the bench from Cameron Payne. Looking here at the Pelicans, Brandon Ingram, 22 points, 17 and 14 for Valanchunas, and 21 from C.J. McCollum. And as you mentioned, 12 points from Jose GTA off the bench and two steals for him as well. Yep. Yeah, I it's mean. It's a sweet one. It's a, yeah, it's a good series so far. It, it's exciting. It's been a very good series. They're going back to New Orleans to play game six. As you mentioned, Phoenix leads three to two. Calvin, what do the Pelicans need to do to win game six? And don't tell me let a protester on the court. <laughs> no, no protesters needed, I think, in this game. They have played well at home this whole postseason. I expect that to continue. Brandon Ingram, 22 points yesterday. That snapped a 30-point game streak that he had going in the playoffs. So I think he comes out uh, and plays a little bit better in this game six. And uh, I think they ride the, the home crowd. I, they don't need to change what their strategy is for this game. Keep doing what you've been doing. Keep the defensive pressure high on this team. The full court press has been working great. Um, and, you know, ride behind your stars. Brandon Ingram, McCollum, and Valanciunas have all got to play big. You know, we talk about Jose GTA Alvarado. I, I'm just, I love the name. I love the player. Two more steals in this game. He only played 20 minutes. You know, this guy is undrafted. Uh, he's come up. He's done very, very well for himself. Uh, we mentioned the frustration that he's caused Chris Paul. Would you consider playing him a little bit more? Um, no, probably not. I, I mean, I think you got to stick with your, 
your main lineup here. Um, and part of the reason why he doesn't play more is because of how much energy he expends on the court when he's out there, right? Yep. Like he's true. all over the place, 94 feet going 100 miles an hour the whole time. So it's, it's about keeping guys with fresh legs. Uh, and, you know, when you've got C.J. McCollum and Brandon Ingram, you, you want those guys to take the lion's share of the minutes, obviously. Yeah, we need to get Boogie Cousins off the screen here. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but, Calvin, so – Moving on here, you know, before we talk about today's games, I just kind of want to touch base here on a few different things. Phoenix could potentially lose this series, right? Devin Booker's out. I know they are up 3-2 right now, but potentially they could lose this series. The news today has been all around the Sixers and Doc Rivers and what's going on with them. They could potentially blow a 3-1 lead. It's a little a or, sorry, lead. a 3-0 lead. It's a little early. Uh, you know, they're up 3-2 on Toronto. The next game is in Toronto. My question for you, Calvin, I know you talked about James Harden being one of the guys that has the most to prove in this year's playoffs. I, I feel a lot of people feel that Chris Paul still has a lot to prove. He still has not made that elusive uh, championship ring uh, category with everybody. So I want to know which player is more disappointing if they were to lose in the first round of this series, Chris Paul or James Harden? Well, they'd both be disappointed. Um, both teams and players would be disappointing if they lost these series. But it's got to be James Harden for me. Yeah. First of all, that team's up 3-0. Uh, Devin Booker has been out since game two. Or is it game three? Uh, I think game two. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Chris Paul has played better throughout the course of this series than James Harden has. He had, you know, one pretty rough game, Chris Paul did, mm -hmm. but he's had multiple really, really great games in this series. James Harden, with Embiid's injury, he has to step it up for them. He's got to, to do more for this team. So, I, you know, I, like you said, I believe James Harden is the player overall in this postseason that has the most to prove, and it's getting the pressure's getting more and more on his shoulders right now. I saw some rumors yesterday that James Harden wants the Sixers to lose this round so that Doc Rivers will end up getting fired. I don't know if that's true. You hear so many different just crazy rumors all over the place in the age here of social media. We heard Doc Rivers today on TV commenting about uh, you know how he gets a bad rep for blowing a 3-0 lead and, and multiple 3-1 leads. I just want to put a correction out here, Calvin. The first series he lost, he was up 3-1 uh, with the Orlando Magic against the number one seeded uh, Detroit, Detroit Pistons. This was the best year numbers-wise of Tracy McGrady's career. Tracy McGrady had an amazing series. The first two games of this series, I think he combined for almost 90 points in that. Uh, Doc Rivers says that he lost that series to the eventual champions in the Detroit Pistons. Uh, I think what he failed to allude to is that they won the championship a year later when they were able to add Which a guy still makes them the eventual champion like Rasheed Wallace, all this. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> if you want to play that game, Calvin, no, but you're we, right. We the, could play that the game. Pistons got swept in the Eastern conference finals that year by yep. the, the New Jersey nuts who end up winning the, or going to the finals to lose, to lose. Yes. To the Spurs. So, uh, uh, quite interesting. Um, yeah, I think I agree with you. I, I think it's more disappointing for James Harden, just with all the drama that he's had going on this season. Uh, as you mentioned, both guys are dealing with injuries to the other superstar player on yeah. their team and having to take a little bit more of the blame. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I feel like the expectations for Phoenix are much higher than it is for the Sixers. Uh, but I agree with you. James Harden has not been himself, and, and Chris Paul has been. Yeah, this is, I mean, you can argue that this is the reason why both these teams brought these players in, right? But yeah. if you're Philadelphia, this is, this is James Harden's moment right here. This yeah. is his moment to shine, to show why he wanted uh, to play with Embiid, why he wanted out of Brooklyn, all that stuff. Um, it's 100% it's on him right now. It is. All right, Calvin, you ready to talk about today's games? Let's do it. We got a couple exciting ones here. First off, the Chicago Bill Bulls, not the Bills, the Bulls visit Milwaukee to take on the Bucks without Chris Middleton. The Bucks are currently up three-one in this series. That game's about in about an hour here or so. Uh, we mentioned Zach Levine's out due to the COVID protocols or health and safety or wh whatever they will call them these days. Yeah. 
Uh, Alex hasn't officially tested positive yet, I guess, but Alex Caruso is out due to uh, concussion protocols. Chris Middleton is out. Uh, what are your thoughts on this game? Well, the, uh, as you know, Barry, I've got some mixed feelings on this game. I'm where you can't see it, but I'm wearing my Chicago Bulls uh, shirt underneath here. My heart is is praying for a Chicago victory, but my head knows better. Um, it's going to be uh, pretty tough for them to overcome this. The the spread is huge. It's like twelve and a half or something. Milwaukee's favored, um, but without Levine and Caruso, you know, Demar Derozan basically has to score sixty in order for them to win this game. Yeah, you know, if, if Doc Rivers was the coach of the Bucks, I might feel a little bit differently for the Bulls uh, and their chances, but I, I think it's going to be over today. Yeah. The only saving grace I've got here is that I told you Chicago would get one game in this series, and they did. You're right. You're right. I, I <laughs> took a sweep here. I, I really did. My, my bracket's getting demolished here. All right, moving on. The next game of the day, we have the Denver Nuggets. They are traveling to Golden State to take on the Warriors. This is also a potential elimination game for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, we talked about championship odds earlier on the show today. They're updated. The Warriors are the favorites now in yes. the West. They could potentially take down Denver tonight. Uh, ESPN has Golden State listed with a 67% chance of winning this game, and they're favored by a whopping 8.5. Yeah, another really big spread. I'm, I'm not sure I believe that i expect or i think milwaukee has a better chance to sco- to cover their spread in today's game than than the warriors do that being said though if the warriors are coming back home um they could easily blow the lid off of this yep. game quickly you know but uh and there's also a rumor out there that the warriors are planning to reinsert steph curry back into the starting lineup tonight so they will be going with the death lineup 2.0 wow. right from the get-go here. It's Curry, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, and Draymond Green could spell doom for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, th- I mean, that is a great lineup. Uh, Andre Iguodala is sidelined in this game due to a neck injury. He's going to be reevaluated in about a week or so. Uh, what do they have coming off the bench with that death lineup? Um, well, I think you've got, you've obviously got Kaminga and Bielitsa, uh, no Iguodala today. So, oh, Kavan Looney mm-hmm. be coming off the bench for that team. Um, cause I love that starting lineup, but yeah, yeah having Poole and Curry starting together, kind of makes me a little worried for the bench. Well, I think they stagger the, the minutes, you know, so that they have at least one of those guys out there at all times. You know, I think Steve Kerr probably will be able to handle that no problem. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Championship pedigree, uh, this team's got it. They are looking good. Uh, Iguodala was a huge part in their first championship winning finals MVP, but he uh, has not been as needed lately. Um, so hopefully he gets healthy and can come back to help them on their run to the finals. Uh, but I don't think they need him in this game. I'm picking the Warriors to close out the series today. I am picking them to close it out as well. We've got, we've got two teams that are going to be sent fishing, packing, Cancun, whatever you want to say. That'll be excited for uh, for tomorrow's show because we can, we can talk about it. Um, so on the subject of the Golden State Warriors, let's talk about the Warriors championship window. I'm going to pull up the roster here. Uh, this is one of the older teams uh, in the playoffs. Um, as far as like star power goes, but they do have a lot of young talent on their team as well. Uh, Calvin, what are your thoughts on the championship window for the Golden State Warriors? I mean, I, I still see this window being open for at least a couple more years. It, obviously, it depends on how they, uh, you know, navigate these this roster over the next couple of off seasons. They're going to have some difficult decisions to make here. Jordan Poole being one of them. Do they pay him? There's rumors out there they're trying to trade for somebody like Rudy Gobert or Carl uh, Anthony Towns. Um, but they've got, not only do they have the stars, they've got up-and-coming young stars on this team, and they've got assets to mm-hmm. make a major move, uh, like a trade, in the offseason. So I think, of course, a lot of it rides on can Clay and Steph and Draymond all stay healthy for another few two, three years. But assuming that they do, I, I don't see this team um, not being one of the better teams, if not the top, you know, three or four teams in the NBA for the next couple of years, at least. Yeah, yeah, I, I can agree with that. I feel like 
guys like Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, because they can shoot so well, like their game really does age well. As long as they can remain healthy, I think that Klay Thompson uh, is, you know, going to lose uh, his defensive edge here as the years go on, but he'll always have that shooting touch. Same with Steph Curry. Uh, 34 is the age for Curry, 20, or sorry, 32 for Klay Thompson. And Draymond Green's 32 as well. Draymond is the guy that I'm worried about as far as this team. He He's played extremely well, um, but his style of play, I'm not sure exactly how much longer he can keep that up. Yeah, I agree with that, but I'm also looking at a guy waiting in the wings maybe to take over that role, and that's Jonathan Kaminga. Mm-hmm. Um, their their games are very similar. Kaminga is a much, much better athlete than Draymond Green. Um, but Draymond has kind of taken that guy under his wing this year. Yep. I think they, they really believe in this guy. He's got great two-way potential. Um, so he could easily be somebody that slides into that role two, three years from now. Yeah, I mean, they have Andrew Wiggins. He's only 27. Uh, James Wiseman's 21. Unfortunately, he's dealt with a bunch of injuries. You got Kaminga at 19, Moses Moody at 19, yep. uh, Jordan Poole at, at 22. Um, so there are quite a few young guys on this team. It's going to be interesting to see whether they do decide this offseason we need to win another title or two uh, with Curry, Thompson, and Green. Do we upgrade and trade some of these young guys to bring in another proven guy? Yeah. Or do we take kind of like the Spurs route of have the mentor, uh, the David Robinson, bring in the next age and continue uh, this this franchise to make it a, a perennial title contender yeah i see it being more of the latter there this franchise is great at developing young players just look at what jordan Poole has done this yep. season um he really really benefited from playing next to steph curry for the past few seasons um and they've they've got all these guys that you know they were in the g league just a couple of seasons ago juan toscano anderson is another one mm-hmm. um who just they they fit this team perfectly that they, they yep. know how to develop young players and they've got a great system in place. So not only do they have good young talent, but they're going to be in a great shape just because of the way the organization is structured. Another guy I'm, I'm you know, not so much worried about, but I just have questions is, is Andrew Wiggins, right? Like the dude is, has been so much better in Golden State than he was in, uh, you know, Minnesota. He's improved every single season. He He's on a max deal, has made a bunch of money. Uh, next year is his last year of his contract. He's making $33 million. What do you do with him? Do you end up signing him to an extension? Uh, you, you know, just next season between Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, that's, you know, $90 million. It's <laughs> a lot of money. Um, on top of that, of you got money. $25 million to Draymond Green. Uh, and then, you know, what do you do with Kevon Looney? What do you do with Iguodala, Otto Porter? You know, there's there are a few guys on this team that you might want to keep you know, along with this warrior squad. So what happens with Iguodala? What happens with Wiggins? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. All questions that we will, we will figure out this offseason. It's, yeah. It's going to be uh, um, interesting to see what they, what moves they make, but Hey, they, they've got, it's a great problem to have, right? What, what their situation is like. Yeah. And you know, a lot of it, I think actually comes down to how they finish out this season, right? Like if they win the title this season, I see no reason they don't bring the band back for next season and just try the same thing right again. But, you know, if they fall apart in the next round or, uh, you know, in in the Western Conference Finals, if I'm the GM, Bob Myers, I might be looking at the roster a little bit differently in terms of, like, I need to make some tweaks here. I need to do something here. Uh, You know, we've seen guys like LeBron James that have just aged incredibly but that is not the norm, right? So uh, Mother Nature is is undefeated. Um, so we'll see what happens, or Father Time. So we'll see what happens right. with, with Curry, uh, Thompson, Green, Wiggins uh, moving forward. I would say championship window, I'm going to say three years. Yeah, I like that answer. Yeah. All right, Calvin, anything else you want to discuss before we jump here into Q&A? No, let's turn it over to the... The fans. All right, guys, we're here for Q&A. So if you have any questions, any topics, anything you would like us to discuss, just let us know in the chat, and we'd be happy to go over it all. What's up, Ivan? Good to see you here. Flame Flurry 11 good to see you. Mike is here. Progressive G is here. Welcome, welcome, everybody. All right, Calvin. Um, Mike's making fun of me for saying I'll give him the glue. 
<laughs> That's a good one. I like it. Mavs versus Warriors. West Finals. What do you think? All depends on Devin Booker. Um, if he reaggravates that injury or he has a, some sort of setback, he misses more time, uh, you know, Dallas could definitely sneak out a win in that series. They've really impressed me uh, with how they've been able to play defensively. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I think the Mavs have a chance. If Devin Booker's healthy, I'm still going to take Phoenix to advance in that series, though. Yeah, it all it all lies with Devin Booker and his hamstring to see what happens. And we all know about hamstrings. They linger. Yeah. So uh, it'll be interesting. And, and even if he is out there on the court, is he going to be 100%? Is he going to be the same guy? Not quite sure. The Mavs definitely have impressed me. We'll see if they can continue uh, to do that. All right, hoping Raptors and Nuggets extend their series and win. <laughs> Without Curry, would the Warriors still be a contender? That's a tough one. That, that's a really tough one for me um, because if, if they don't have Curry, you're putting all your uh, eggs in the basket of Clay Thompson, who, don't get me wrong, he's been really, really good since coming yeah. back. He's gotten better and better you know, every month uh, since his return in January. And you're also relying heavily on Jordan Poole, who, again, had a phenomenal season. But this is a new experience for him in the playoffs. Every round is going to be a new experience that they advance in. Um, so are they still contenders? As of right now, I say yes, just because of all the injury problems that teams are dealing with. Mm -hmm. But if everybody's at full strength, it, it would I'm not going to surprise anyone by saying that not having Steph Curry would be a huge blow to the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, we saw Jordan Poole step up. He's played incredibly well, but how long can he do that? And he is yeah. no Steph Curry. As, as amazing as he's been, nobody is Steph Curry. Uh, Ivan here is jumping on the, the Charles Barkley bandwagon. Uh, Curry is the bus driver of that team. Uh, what were your thoughts on that comment? I mean, he, he's honest, right? Oh, Charles, yeah, definitely never has any problem saying what is on his mind, right? Um, you know, I don't really put a lot of stock in it. Yeah. yeah I mean, championship Chuck, right? Like, Does he sound a little sour still? Of course he is. Yeah. All these guys should be. I mean, Carl Malone, John Stockton, all these guys are sour. They never won a championship. Absolutely. Why, why wouldn't yeah. you be? Yeah. Jerry West, right? Yeah. Oh, man. That show <laughs> is incredible. Who said today if yeah. he has to take it to the Supreme Court, he yeah. will in terms of defamation on his on his name here by the show. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, for me, it's like what gives HBO the right to just make a show and have a character, Calvin Miller, that's based on your life, right? Like they had to buy the rights or acquire the rights from somewhere, right? Maybe it's uh, the I don't NBA. know how that works. Uh, maybe it's somebody, yeah. but you know, the tough thing about being an NBA player is your likeness and all that is not always under your control. Right. Yeah. Um, even as he's the logo, right. Does, does he get paid every time someone uses the NBA logo? Probably not. Um, I do have to say though, watching the show, he, I'm starting to like him a little more. The first couple episodes were really rough yeah. and now it's getting into like where he's actually starting to do his thing. And I'm like, okay, Jerry, just keep watching. Just keep watching. Like, they do you your justice, or at least I hope so. It seems like they're getting toward there. But uh, it's a TV show, man. Like, come on, yeah. right? It, it's yeah. it's drama. They want people to watch it. And uh, I love it. It's a great show. But I'm also yeah. not a Lakers fan either, so. Yeah, I, I mean, everybody wants some respect on their name these days, right? Yep. So. Yep. That's true. Maybe. And, uh, and to be to give Jerry West some some credit, yeah. they're really making him look like a horrible person. So <laughs> it's uh, it's going to be tough for him to recover from that, I think. Yeah. The funny thing for me is he's like, in the show, they make me look so angry. And in real life, he's angry <laughs> over what they're doing. So it's, it's kind of funny there. Flame Fury 11 says Celtics and Warriors finals. They are the favorites. I mean, now. they're the favorites right now, right? You know, yeah. I still think that Milwaukee, um, you know, I picked them to repeat this year. The Chris Middleton injury worries me a little bit, but um, that series I think is going to be a really great series, and I could see either team, Boston or Milwaukee, winning. So uh, it's a good pick right now. Like, 
Yeah. But a lot can change between now and, and June, whatever, 5th or whatever the first day of the finals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's all, it's all dependent on injuries and, and all that stuff. Like my bracket, it doesn't look too good right now, but that doesn't mean it's not going to look good in a week from now or or two weeks from now. Once guys get healthy, teams start playing. It's just like the NCAA tournament, right? As long as you've got your final four still in place. Then you're good to go. That is very, very true. But yes, as of right now, they are the favorites, and both teams have been playing incredible. As a fan, oh I, wow, I'm just happy to see them. Is that your finals prediction, Memphis and Philly? Wow, wow. Uh, You'd make yourself a lot of money if yeah, that came true. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. If you really feel it, go for it. Go for it. Do you think James Wiseman will live up to the expectations he was getting going into the draft? Wow. That's a, a really tough one. As of right now, no. I mean, you just have to – I got to see him play again. Like, yeah. it, he's he's got all the talent in the world, but, you know, he had some pretty glaring weaknesses coming into the league as well, um, particularly on the defensive side of the ball for, you know, being pegged as a rim protector and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a lot of trouble guarding guys in space. Um, which is exactly how the NBA operates these days. You know, they love to pull the big men away from the basket and make them guard 20, yep. you know, to 23 feet away. So uh, he's got to get healthy. He's got to get back on the court. And then I think you make the determination of, is this guy um, still, you know, on the trajectory of living up to the number two overall pick? Yeah, I think that is also a very tough question. Um, but you know, I feel like he's got a good mentor in Penny Hardaway that, that worked with him a lot. Uh, I couldn't think of many better situations for him than a team like the Golden State Warriors that you just mentioned. It's great at developing uh, young players. The injuries do concern me, especially with bigs. Um, but then I look at a guy like Joel Embiid, who, you know, in the MVP conversation, missed a couple years early on in his career. Uh, I know he's got the, the thumb ligament injury right now but he has been absolutely incredible um so i'm still positive on james wiseman but i think this off season is going to be huge for him because the warriors are going to make a decision is this guy going to be our guy or do we need to trade him to bring in somebody else so i think that will have huge implications on his career but i like james wiseman a lot man i i root for the guy i really do and imagine if he does live up to those expectations, how scary this Warriors team yeah. could be. Yeah, exactly. Could be. What do you think of Will Hardy, the lead assistant on Handy. the Celtics? Oh, sorry. Handy on the Celtics. Oh, no, it is Hardy. I'm sorry. Would you like him as the new coach? I'm guessing you're thinking for the Kings, Ivan. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, Calvin? You know, I'll be honest. Um, I really haven't spent that much time looking into the Kings coaching search. I've been trying to stay busy watching all these playoff games and keeping up to date with everything that's going on for this channel right now. Um, And part of that is because, you know, obviously we're, we're doing this show, but also, you know, I've said it before, all of us can speculate and, and try to peg who the best coach should be for this team talking about the Kings. But, we don't have the ability to ask these guys the right questions. You know, you, you can look at, well, yeah, he's an assistant for the Celtics. They're one of the best teams in the league. So, of course, he should be a good candidate, right? But yeah. you don't really know what he wants to do with this Kings team. Only Monty in the front office knows that from the interview. So, you know who was an assistant? i got to trust what their process is with finding who the next coach is going to be. And, and then after that coach is hired, that's when you kind of – Mm-hmm. Um, start to make your determination of was it a good move or not. There's just so many unknowns. You know who in, was an assistant a on a really good team? Luke Walton. He was. So just putting that out there. Uh, but, yeah, I'm trusting the front office right now to make the right decision, and, and I'm going to stick behind them. Uh, you know, we talked about coaching search on World Rebounds all season long. Uh, if you listen, you know I like Mike D'Antoni. Um, I like Kenny Atkinson. Uh, you know, I, I do like Mark Jackson. I know there's a lot of concerns about him, but uh, I'm going to let Monty do his job. And, and as a Kings fan, I'll support it. Just whoever you choose, Monty, keep him on for at least three years because we need some consistency in Sacramento. Yep. Trust the process, right? right. Trust the process. 
Okay, do you think it's possible the Kings can get Miles Bridges without giving up Fox, Sabonis, or Davion Mitchell? Hmm. Depends on where the draft lottery lands, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think it's possible. I don't know how likely it is, but I think it's possible. And I think you might end up having to give up Davion Mitchell, honestly, to bring in another guy. But we'll we'll see what happens. If the Kings can get the number one pick, that really opens up a ton of options for them. So May 17th, uh, what are we, just, you know, 20, 21 days away or so. So it's coming up really, really quickly. And uh, we're going to be doing uh, a little celebration party, a watch party on Royal Rebound. So make sure you guys join us for that. And also, we're going to be doing Royal Rebounds tomorrow live after this show, uh, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So make sure you guys tune in. We will answer all your Burning Kings questions. We'll give updates on the coaching search. And, uh, yeah, we'll just have fun talking with you Kings fans. All right, next question, Calvin. This is a, a Michael Monticello question. Is Westbrook or Westbrick the worst MVP ever? Before you answer that, Let's go down the list here of MVP awards. 2021, Jokic. 2020 and 2019, we had Giannis. Then we had Harden, Westbrook, Curry twice, Durant, LeBron James twice, Derrick Rose, two more LeBrons, Kobe, Dirk, Nash, Garnett, Duncan, Iverson, O'Neal, Malone, Jordan, Robinson, Olajuwon, Barkley, um, it doesn't look that good for Westbrook here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're. Com- I think it's a rough comparison, right? We're com- we're comparing the the greatest players of all time to each other, you know. So, uh, I I don't know. I, I the think worst, it's, best. <laughs> I think it's very easy for people to forget what guys looked like, you know, in their primes. Um, yeah. So I, I would encourage people to go back and watch film of Russell Westbrook during that MVP season, because he was phenomenal. I love Russell Westbrook's style. I don't know what the hell happened to his jump shot. I I don't know what is going on with him mentally, why he can't adjust um, to different coaching styles, playing styles, teams, all that stuff. Um, But I think Russell Westbrook is the most polarizing star player maybe of all time. Yeah, He's got all the numbers to back it up. Like, he hasn't played well recently. There's no secret about that. But Russell Westbrook's MVP season was pretty fun to watch. Yeah, and also here we're talking about the worst of the best, right? Right. Like, (laughs) it's tough to describe there. But just to jump here into the numbers, so this is is his MVP season, 31.6 points per game, 10.7 rebounds, 10.4 assists, 1.6 steals, uh, he shot, you know, just about 46% from the field uh, that year and about 34% from three-point range. Incredible numbers. And, and, you know, beyond that, the year after that, he had another 25-point triple-double season. The yeah. year after that, 23-point triple-double season. Uh, he had a down year at 27, 8, and 7. And then he goes on to have another triple-double season at 22, 11, and 11 um, you don't get those numbers by accident. No, and, and Mike, that that's exactly why the numbers don't lie, right? Like, he was very much deserving of the MVP that season. The, the numbers don't lie right now either, that he has fall, almost fallen off a cliff. Um, but So I, I don't know what happened to him from the time that he won MVP to now. He's definitely not the same player. But to, to say that, I, and I'm not putting these words in your mouth but to say that he isn't deserving of his mvp i think is ridiculous and this is his 13th year in the nba the dude is 33 years old and he plays like like derrick rose like he has no regard for his body he just runs 100 miles an hour he barely misses games um and yeah i mean just the fact that He's still out there playing the way that he is. I know he's not playing up to expectations at this point, but, you know, no shade on Russell Westbrook from me. The guy has been an incredible NBA player. He has. He has. And there's guys that won, you know, talking about team accolades compared to individual accolades, there's guys that have won MVP and never won a championship. Charles Barkley is one of them. Yeah. So, yep. 
is he the worst MVP of all time? I don't know, maybe, but I think you're you're grasping at straws at that point. Like, I don't even see what the real point of that conversation is. I, th- I think it's more important to focus on what the hell happened to him, not is he the worst MVP of he got, all time. He got old, man. He <laughs> got old. As far as, you know, the bus driver comment goes, that Thunder team that made it to the finals, they lost to LeBron James. They so, did. He, you know, I kind of expected that. I actually bet on that, and I did pretty well. Um, was Westbrook the bus driver of that team, or was that KD? I don't think they knew who the bus driver was at that point. They were so young um, and so ahead of schedule, right? Like, yeah. if that team stays together, they could have made the finals for five, six years in a row. Yep. Yep, they, they could have. They could have. Ivan says the Kings are going to be top three in the lottery. Flame Fury wants to know if the Kings right. get a top four pick, do you think they select or trade it? I, I still am staying pat with what I said, what I've said about this, uh, you know, ever since the season ended. I expect no matter what pick Sacramento ends up with, they will try to trade it. Whether or not they're successful in doing so is another story. Yeah. Yeah, I think it all comes down to uh, who helps them win games next season, right? Because that's really what matters to the front office. If they are somehow able to win the number one pick in the draft and they feel like that guy or whoever they choose is ready to compete and and help them, you know, make the playoffs next season, they keep it. But if Bradley Beal is available, if, you know, one of these other guys is actually available that's a proven talent, um, I think they pull the trigger on a trade. Yeah, I I would also like to add, if they do end up with a top three pick, I don't believe Monty McNair will make a trade uh, just to make a trade. Like he's only going to trade a top three pick if he's getting back one of those elite level players in return. And we don't even know if they're available at this point too. So it takes, takes two to tango. Progressive G asks, do you think the play in tournament is here to stay? Personally, I think it's an awful idea and they should go back to the regular playoff seating. I agree with you 100% on that. I don't like the play-in tournament. However, it is here to stay because of one thing, money. (laughs) It's the same thing for every professional sports league. The NFL is adding more wild-card games. Baseball is adding more wild-card games. Um, This is just the way pro sports is going. So whether you like it or not, it's going to stay. Same with the patches on the jerseys. Yeah. They look ugly, but I don't think those are going anywhere. They already got the approval to do it, and it's it's more money in their in their pocketbooks. They got to make up for all that money they lost during the pandemic and some because, you know, they're all business owners, and, you know, the way capitalism works in the United States is you always got to make more money next year. We got to increase yeah. it. We got to make more. We got to make more. If it's a down year, it, it doesn't matter if you were up Every single year for 20 years, you have one down year and everyone's like, what's going on? What's happening? We need to make more money. So they're going to continue to do that. But, you know, honestly, I don't hate the play-in. I really don't. Um, We're seeing an exciting series right now between, you know, the New Orleans Pelicans and the Phoenix Suns. Pelicans would not have had a chance if it wasn't for the play-in tournament. That's true. I think they're maybe an aberration to the the norm um, just because they were so bad to start this season, but mm-hmm. then they were able to acquire a great player who's really turned them around. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard, but generally speaking, I don't want to see teams with bo- 10 game below 500 records in the playoffs. Yeah. And we've seen, because now you've got a situation where is New Orleans playing well? Absolutely. I don't want to take anything away from them, but Devin Booker gets hurt. You could potentially lose the best team in the NBA all season long in the first round of the postseason, not because of the play-in tournament, but you're going to have a team that's 10 games under 500 for the season advance because of, of an unfortunate injury. And the yep. only reason they're there is because of the play-in tournament. Yep. What's up, Key Kings? Good to see you here. Welcome, welcome. We're just uh, in Q&A right here. We're wrapping up the show with some questions. If you guys have any questions, let us know in the chat. Uh, Calvin and I are here for your drinking and answering needs. Oh, they're still going off on the Russell Westbrook. <laughs> if you could start your team with an MVP, he wouldn't be he would be last picked. That's probably true. Yeah. That's probably true. Yeah, I mean but yeah, again, just it's looking like, at the it's list like you here. said. Yeah. He's the, he might be the worst of the best. Yeah. You know. 
James Harden never won an MVP. Or I mean, a title. Yeah. Jokic, you know, never won a title. Yeah. Derrick Rose never won a title. Lots of guys. Um, and you know, as much as I love Derrick Rose, because the dude has been completely excuse me incredible. Um, you know, if if I if I can see how their entire career is working out, I'm probably going to choose Westbrook over Derrick Rose, and that's just due to the injuries. But yeah, yeah, that's unfortunate. That's just kind of how it goes. Just kind of how it goes. And Charles Barkley, as you mentioned, is on this list too. Um, amazing player, never won anything. It, it's tough when you compare these, you know, individual awards to team awards. It's a team sport, right? It takes more. It takes more to win uh, team-wise. You don't have as much control over stuff like that as you do individual awards like MVP. Because, you know, we we agree that LeBron James is, like, one of the best players of all time. He's only got four MVPs. Yeah, he should, just like Mike is saying, he should have a lot more than that. Kobe's only got one. Yeah. And I was the biggest Kobe hater ever, but he should have more than one MVP award. Yeah. It's crazy. All right, what's your opinion on Chet Holmgren? I love Chet as a player. Um, gosh, excuse me. If you're talking about what's his outlook with the Sacramento Kings, which I think you are, um, I think he fits on this team. But keep in mind, he might not be, uh, you know, an all-star level player right away. Uh, he's got to get <laughs> big men take longer to develop. Yep. Typically. Um, and I think at the top of this list here, you've got Jabari Smith and Chet Holmgren, who could both turn out to be perennial all-star players in the league. I just think it's going to take them a, a few years to get to that point. So does it work with your your window if you're Sacramento? That's the determination that they have to make. Yeah, I'm pretty much open to any of those top three guys that are yeah. slated in the draft. I just want the Kings to win the lottery so bad. That's that's all all I'm really at here. Uh Flame Fury Elevens or Flurry Elevens got a good question here, Calvin. What do you predict the Kings will be seeding next season? He said he's also going to ask the same question at the end of the offseason. So maybe we can well, compare I'll, our I answers. I will give then. you an answer at the end of the offseason because I think it's way too early to call right now. There's so much stuff that's going to happen between now and training camp in October or September. Yeah. Um, it, it's kind of like when ESPN does their way too early top 25 for college football or basketball, right? Like yeah. most of those rankings are completely wrong by the end of the season. So you, there's just too many unknowns. They haven't even hired a coach yet. So I, I don't yeah. think I can give an answer until the, uh, the off season is over and we're looking to start next season. I'll, I'll take the bait here. Um, okay. I'm going to say seven or eight. I think they win okay. the play-in game. Um, I think they can do better if, if they have a better off offseason. Um, but I just uh, – I'm the guy that, you know, it, it lands on on black 20 times in a row. I'm putting money on red because I'm just like, this is crazy. It's got to be red. King's got to make the playoffs one of these years. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm going to go seven yeah, or eight. And keep in mind, it's not just based about what the Kings do in the yep. offseason, right? There's, yep. a, there's 15 other teams in the Western Conference. What do they do in the offseason? That's going to yep. determine how things shake out. I think, the jazz, I think the jazz are going to be uh, an interesting thing here. So we will see what happens there. Yeah, that those five through ten seeds right now, the Lakers, what do they do? Yep. Um, the Clippers, they're going to get Kawhi back. Yep. You know, there's a lot of teams that could really make an improvement going into next season. So what do the Jazz do? What we, does Dallas do? We heard LeBron promise that he's not going to miss the playoffs. Yeah. So what does that mean? Does that mean he stays with the Lakers? Does that mean he moves on somewhere else? Uh, we've also heard rumors about Anthony Davis potentially being available. If I'm the Kings, I'm jumping all over that. If he's available, if I can get Anthony Davis without giving up uh, De'Aaron Fox or DeMontis Sabonis, I'm all in on that deal. I really am. But at the same time, I also have some concerns dealing with the Lakers after what they just did to us over Buddy Heald. So uh, we will see what happens. Lagan is done. Ooh, famous last words, Ivan. Progressive G said, who's to say the Clippers wouldn't have had a competitive series against the Suns as well? I yeah, mean, yeah. very fair point. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 possible. I, I'm just a basketball fan. And you know, again, I'll, that's I'll, another example of a team. They earned the eighth seed in the regular season, right? A very unfortunate scenario happens in the playing yeah. tournament. Paul George can't play. 
Are they, they in lose, the seven seed? They lose that game, right? No, they were the eight. Oh, eight. eight okay. Seed. Minnesota was seven, but, um, but yeah, it, like the, they earned that that spot in a in normal world without the play in tournament, and they had it ripped away from them due to COVID. COVID. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe not. I mean, maybe New Orleans wins that game either way, but you never know. You never know. All right, guys, close out your tabs. We're closing the bar. Thank you all for joining us. On another episode here, we will be live tomorrow at 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We will also be live on Royal Rebounds afterwards, 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time tomorrow. I'm taking the red eye to California tomorrow night. So Calvin will be running Friday's show. I will be remote. Uh, I will also be here, but Calvin will be running the show. So make sure you guys come and support him. We'll see you guys all tomorrow. Uh, Anything else you want to say, Calvin? Happy hump day. Another great day of playoff basketball ahead. Thanks for watching. All right, guys. Thanks for watching. Make sure to smash up that like button, hit that subscribe button, and also hit that notification bell so you get notified every time we put out a new video. All right, guys. Bars closed. Don't forget to tip your bartender.